time to get geeked up. Time to get geeked up to stand up comics telling you what's up in movies and TV. I know you could feel me. Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on yet. And if you are hooked, we're gonna go and take a closer look. And no show's the same. We always got a different game. Always got a different game. Hey, hey. Ooh, baby. Time to get geeked up. What's going on, geeks? Welcome to the Geeked Up Podcast, Life in Coronaville. I'm Devin Barnes. With me always is Mr. Social Distance himself, Liam Whalen. Yo, yo, yo! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to We're the We're comfortable. Me and Devin aren't allowed to stay within 6,000 feet of each other. So he's uh, up in the Bronx, and I'm in the studio. But that's We're about 6,000 feet. I wouldn't even be able to gauge how many feet versus miles or... I'm going 6,000 yeah. is probably... I want it in kilometers, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, right now, we're going to have one of the geeks. Uh, I got a feeling Seth is my man for the job, but what would your, like, blind analyze of the amount of feet between you and the Bronx and me in Manhattan right now? Like, is 6,000 a good ballpark for feet? Is this the most boring start to this podcast? It's like one of those <laughs> jelly bean contests where yeah, randomly yeah. with no context. Um, I want to say more. I would say more too. I would say like thirteen thousand, maybe feet. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Twelve thousand. Right. I'm gonna double down on your six thousand. All right. So you're 000. going in prices right fashion. Uh, uh, you're yeah, going kind of, one under could, me, so I'm going over. But <laughs> we could also both just be like hilariously wrong. Right now. <laughs> well, yeah. Def- I, I got a feeling that's gonna be spoiler alert. <laughs> but so again, so email. That's the geeked up podcast. How many feet between the Bronx? Uh... <laughs> And then I want to know but, how many, uh, yeah. if you lined up pennies the whole way, how many would it take? <laughs> That's the next problem. <laughs> but yes, I guess uh, if you want to hear some without boring starts, back, uh, <laughs> a couple of our old uh, recent episodes, obviously we have the uh, Netflix and chat podcast. And the last movie we watched was the new Spike Lee joint, The Five Bloods. Very, very and, enjoyable uh, film. A lot of people have been watching that one. That's been a real popular Netflix uh, movie for everybody. So if you've seen it, definitely check out the podcast. If not, you should yeah. definitely watch the movie. And then the podcast, I guess, uh, uh, take it or leave it. But definitely see that fucking movie. <laughs> it's a good... Uh, I mean, am I crazy to say this? But it's a 4th of July weekend coming up this weekend. Is it a good 4th of July <laughs> movie to watch? I mean, it's about mm-hmm. war veterans, right? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. We'll kind of get into it with our closer look later, spoiler alert. But are war movies, like, appropriate for Americana-themed weekends? I mean, I'm definitely jamming out to the Apocalypse Now soundtrack at my barbecue this week. <laughs> Eating hot dogs to that fucking... To the march of but, whatever the fuck. But other things we also did uh, recently, we helped, of course, we had our big five-year anniversary episode of the Geeked Up podcast. Oh, I yeah. Think this would be our first official post-five-year anniversary episode, right? Yeah, I guess that's true. We did the uh, Netflix and chat uh, episode, but uh, yeah, I guess our first Geeked Up episode and now uh, Life in Coronaville episode going on but yeah i guess so uh, uh ushering in the next five years with the mm-hmm. most boring start in uh, show history so <laughs> yeah, yeah. we're getting older you know this is what, 
Wait till next week. We can talk about the weather. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, so I guess plenty of fun to come in the next five years. More game times, Netflix and chats. A lot more fun stuff planned here on Geeked Up Podcast. Geeked Pods as well. The newest mm-hmm. additions, Geeked Pods on YouTube and Twitter. And, uh, of course, Geeked Up Podcast on all your fave podcast platforms. So it's going to be a lot We're of fun. We're everywhere now. I guess as well, we had just wrapped up our uh, Friday Zoom cast. And big shout out to everybody with their thanks and appreciation for that. I've heard lots of feedback. A lot of uh, people said that we're going to be gone from the weekly Zoom cast. But like I've been saying, it's going to be just a different going forward. We're going to be doing Zoom cast over the summer, but a different kind of format, different day maybe. So maybe even sometimes on Friday, who knows, but it was a really fun last couple of months every Friday and it'll be a really fun next couple of months doing various stuff on zoom as well. It was man. And we, we're not stopped doing it because, you know, we got sick of you guys, but, uh, you know, we started that for the, uh, quarantine. Everyone was stuck at home on Friday night. There was nothing to do. So it was nice to be able to see everybody, but you know, now this is kind of slowly lifting, uh, you know, or so we think. Out. We might be back into Friday night zooms. We'll get into a minute, but we might be back into Friday night zooms before very long. But, very true. But you're right. Yeah, Talking. people. You know, uh, we have a lot of people in different states, even different countries, with uh, uh, AD and uh, Benny's Big Balls and the gang from Ireland. So we had people from all over the world really joining, and just you know, Friday nights were no longer unanimously shitty for everybody. So. We're going to maybe change it, and again, even if we, we might be doing a weekly, you know, Wednesday Zoom, or as well, we want to try to do different things on the Zoom, as we've talked about, but we definitely want to do some game time, maybe geeked trivia nights, and all sorts of fun stuff like that, other, uh, uh, you know, watching party, we've got all sorts of fun ge- uh, stuff in the Geeked Lab right now, and as well, I guess we want your, what's up? Yeah, I was going to say, and on top of that, email us in what else you would want us to do on these Zoom parties, you know? Uh, you can email us in at thegeekedupodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Uh, you know, let us know what some things, like what kind of games, trivia you guys would want to do on Zoom. Me and Devin are going to start our Geeked Up Good News podcast <laughs> where we reunite uh, uh, old casts of legendary shows and then get have people get married. So look forward We're to that reunite- on Zoom. Yeah, we're going to reunite everybody that was on the original Good News uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, the but uh, I guess with uh, hacking the good news idea, let's start off this one with uh, our usual bad news. Start this off in a bummer. And, uh, kick it off with a little RIP news. Yes, I guess I'll take over the, the RIP news in case Devin Zoom goes out like on Netflix and chat. And again, check out the last uh, Netflix and chat for some hilarious technical difficulties for the Geeked Up Boys. But I guess, yeah, always a sad way to start with our RIP news. However, this week's RIP news has just kind of been a little bit of a thre- uh, theme of our Coronaville RIPs, but some lives well lived. And a couple, the youngest, the baby of our RIP news this week is 80. <laughs> so we got That's some, uh, uh, I guess we'll kick it off with Ian Holm, who I guess okay. legendary actor of uh, a sta- uh, of a, a screen and stage as he you know, was – Anybody that's a British actor is of screen. <laughs> yeah, that's true. None of these American shitheads seen up playing King Lear like Ian Holm, who had to earn it. But uh, uh, that's no, a good I think, call. Like, Al Pacino hilariously does that. 
I'm King Lair! <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, I guess as uh, better known by a generation of geeks, as uh, uh, from Alien and Lord of the Rings... Uh, mm-hmm. So I guess he did uh, USA it up a little bit with some big, with some high budget motion pictures, but mean, pretty yeah, impressive the... resume. Like I said, all around again, all the way till '88, and working in the Hobbit uh, series. So you know, working right. until a later age as well. Yeah, and he was in the Lord of the Rings series, like you said. I guess like my generation would know him as that. I guess say the like you said, the generation before that would probably know him as the robot, the cyborg in the original Alien. Yeah. And another kind of like a classic thing we love here is our cult classic movies. And uh, he's also the priest in uh, The Fifth Element. Yes, that's a good call, too. He was from The Fifth Element, hilariously made it like within two uh, quotation marks of King Lear. It was like, he was King Lear, uh, Aliens, Fifth Element. Uh. <laughs> yeah, but Fifth Element, that's one of those movies, either you love it or you hate it. Well, I'm I mean, Debo plays the, the president, so we yes, have I know how you President Tiny it. Zeus Lister. I'm down. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, uh, yes, that's a good call. So Ian Holm, uh, a very impressive career for him, RIP. I guess uh, in other big geeked up, uh, uh, more a controversial geeked up one, but Joel Schumacher from, guess, of course – Gone too soon. Yeah, the baby, like I mentioned, 80 years old for Joel Schumacher. All of these are natural causes, by the way. None of them are even, you know, COVID catching. Old age. Yeah, yeah. So they're all, uh, you know, various natural causes. But uh, uh, Joel Schumacher, I guess, for the good. Uh, Lost Boys, all-time classic. Uh, Falling Down. Uh, uh, St. Elmo's Fire, I guess that's the original because didn't uh, weren't we just saying didn't Spike redo Saint Elmo's Fire or yeah, yeah you're thinking something different okay I see um, um, but he also I mean in geek fashion eight millimeter he directed starring Nicolas Cage okay where he tried to figure out the snuff film <laughs> and uh, of course Joe Joe Schumacher legendarily put the nipples on the bat suit yes in, uh, most knowing. For in the ge- so I guess let's get a little Batman uh, Forever Batman Robin talk because I always have kind of stuck up for those movies a lot more than a lot of people okay. because my whole thing is he was definitely trying to go a different angle from the Tim Burton which are my favorite Batmans okay sure. like the dark Absolutely. Tim Burton ones and uh, but he was trying to do something different he was trying to go as well we've talked about on the show but I was a big fan in summer breaks when I wasn't riding my bike around like the rest of the kids and me and Devin were watching Bat we're watching the Adam West on Batman uh, in our geeked summer but I literally like would watch the Adam West yeah. Batman every summer and I loved that so I always kind of looked at Schumacher trying to go for a more fun, goofy, okay. Adam West, bang, pow, wham kind of Batman. And for sure. But it wasn't even that hokey. It just wasn't as dark and spooky as the Tim Burton ones. Because let's be honest, Batman Forever, uh, the one with Val Kilmer, was a commercial success. You know what I mean? It did well. Okay, yes. Uh, and then Batman like, and Robin was the one that had all of the... Shit, the fucking bad, dude. But that was the one with, like, Poison Ivy and uh, Arnold. Poison Ivy and Arnold Schwarzenegger okay, yes. and Elite Silverstone. That was the last one they made. Um, I'll tell you what, the reason that you probably think of it as a good reason uh, uh, why the Schumacher, at least Batman Forever, wasn't bad is the same reason for me is that the age that I was, I was uh, too afraid to go see the Tim Burton ones in the theater. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and that's true. We were still, like, 12 years old by the time the Schumacher the, ones came out. And it was the like, Schumacher one, exactly. We were, like, the right age for it. It was, like, more age-appropriate. 
best believe I had those glasses you got at McDonald's of like Robin, Batman. And- <laughs> yes. Plus, dude, fucking Epic Jim McDonald's Kane. promotion too. I'll get uh, drive through. Batman literally yeah, yeah, fucking yeah, went yeah, to yeah, McDonald's yeah. in that goddamn movie. <laughs> uh, uh, Jim Carrey is the Riddler. That movie wasn't great that. call. Yeah, yeah. Jim Carrey's the Riddler. That could have been great, but definitely still very good. And again, like I'm saying, he's trying to go. He was like, you know what I mean? Tim Burton did a great, dark, crazy Batman. I'm going to bring something different to the table, mm-hmm. which, you know what I mean, doesn't necessarily say it wasn't as good. It's not uh, Batman is kind of known for the more dark, you know, dark if night you, whole thing. But if you remember, too, and I'm sure you do, that at the beginning of the uh, Schulmacher one, he's still wearing the Tim Burton Batman costume. It's just supposed to be a sequel. You know what I mean? It's not till the end of the movie where he gets his new suit. He's okay, like, oh, interesting. I, I didn't. Cybernetic suit, and then it has nipples on it, and then it has a close you know, up of his balls, of his bad the balls. First, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the first on screen appearance, like movie of Robin. You know what I mean? So it was Chris O'Donnell who, uh, you know, where is he now? But he was Robin. <laughs> well, he was in Stranger was Things, wasn't he? Oh no, that's Rudy. I always get those that's two Rudy. confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so as a kid too, I was like, dug seeing Robin on screen. Having said that, though, and giving Batman Forever some small praise, Batman and Robin was straight fucking bonkers, dude. Yeah, yeah. It was absolutely nuts, but they had such a huge budget for that movie, too, because like I said, uh, Batman Forever was a commercial hit. For sure. You know what I mean? And at this point, you're talking the fourth Batman with with that many stars. They had kind of converted to, like, you know, they're selling Happy Meals, but Arnold, Uma Thurman, you know what I mean? It's got a million stars, and, like, I'm sure that movie was a commercial success as well. It was the, I'll tell you this, too. It was, give you a little geek trivia. It was the second time the villain was the uh, headliner over the Batman. Obviously, Schwarzenegger at the time was a bigger star than Clooney. Who was the other villain in any of the Batman movies that headlined over Batman? Over, I guess, uh, Nicholson over Keaton, I'm guessing? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, iconic portrayal, I guess, you know, relived with the the Heath Ledger, Dark Knight, kind of redefining the Joker. But interesting, still, the two best things that Batman has ever done are the the, the two movies where the Joker is the bad guy. And yeah, uh, yeah. and when they're Crazy. dark between Batman Begins and then the first Batman with Keaton. Well, I guess I'd already said that one, but those are my three favorite from the entire anything with Batman, including Adam West and the cartoon, which were both cool. But uh, I go, uh, uh, I don't know. It's tough, actually, because I love Batman Begins, but I still probably go, I guess, Batman one with Keaton and then Batman Begins and then Dark Knight for my three Batman favorite. Begins is really good uh i can take or leave the rest of the dark knight trilogy um batman begins i think is fire also the cartoon would probably be like it might would probably be like the cartoon batman begins then keaton okay, or you could reverse those two but i think the cartoon is definitely the top of the list man it was uh really, yeah, yeah. really i'd have to give that so i guess with all that r.i.p to joel schumacher on that note <laughs> Yeah, I guess yeah. <laughs> on our Batman deep dive, uh, but again, uh, me and Devin going down. He didn't ruin the franchise because we're still watching. Goddamn it! All right, so yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and I guess so. Last but not least, really, I guess headlining our RIPs though, and I guess really living the most uh, uh, ripe life in a while. I don't even know. Have we had an older RIP in our five year history? Has anybody cracked the century mark that like wasn't just just a novelty? I think we did cover when like the hundred and ten year old Chinese lady died or whatever am i crazy or did we i might have made it to the cutting room floor <laughs> but uh, uh carl reiner 
at the yeah. age of 98, uh, two years shy of the century mark for Carl Reiner, uh, uh, obviously legendary comedy writer, you know, the creator of the Dick Van Dyke show, one of the classic, you know, 60s TV shows, uh, the jerk, one of the great movies ever with Steve Martin. Doesn't he play himself in the jerk? Isn't he like the actor Carl Reiner in uh, The Jerk? If I'm not you know, mistaken, I don't remember his role in The Jerk. I thought he just wrote The Jerk. That's Steve Martin, obviously, which is kind of like a weird. I actually watched The Jerk a couple weeks ago. I do my '70s movie Saturday, and like I forgot that the that The Jerk begins with like Steve Martin had been adopted by like a crazy black yeah. family, and he didn't know and he was black. That. And that's like a, like a big theme of the movie. It's like a Chappelle you know, sketch. Uh, what rhythm, right? You couldn't get rhythm. Yes, exactly, exactly. There. There's, but there's all sorts. There's like a huge like, and it, I guess takes place in probably you know like 1930s or whatever. I think at the, even at the time where, uh, so it's like there's like some some serious deep south uh, stereotypes going down for Steve Martin's like, oh, big mama, and the rest of the gang. But like, so that was an interesting whole thing. But I don't remember Carl Reiner's actual role in it though. And I just uh, watched okay. a couple weeks ago. I, just... I haven't seen that movie since, like, my dad forced me to. But <laughs> I'd be appreciated a lot more now. I know enough of it, but without having really sat down and watched it from start to finish a long time. But uh, Carl Reiner dying was one of those things, too, that when you told me that before we talked before the show, and you're like, Carl Reiner, I was like, he has to be wrong. Like, <laughs> that's like, you mean Rob Reiner? Other... Like, Rob Reiner would make a lot more sense that yeah, he died yeah, yeah. and uh, Carl Reiner had sure. died 15 years ago. It would be... Carl Reiner to me is much like my Norm Macdonald esque Shirley Temple joke when Shirley Temple died a couple years. Like in other news, Shirley Temple was still alive. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, no, for Carl sure. Carl Reiner been dead for years. <laughs> then you found out Dennis Hopper's been dead for years. I, I mean, I guess dead. Jerry Stiller can kind of, he's almost on that list as like, you know, I was kind of surprised that Jerry Stiller was still kicking when he passed for recently. Sure. But, but Carl great. Reiner, you know, as well, I guess, even in recent years or more recent years, but was in the Ocean series as an actor and has continued. Uh, and I guess he's kind of more, I just mentioned Rob Reiner, but he's, of course, the patriarch of the Reiner family. You know what I mean? Much like the Stillers, they were kind of always in the same boat. Or, you know, I always had them kind of in the same mind when I was growing up. But, um, yeah. you know, uh, uh, so he's, uh, I guess, in later years was a little bit more of an actor. But he's kind of really thought of more as one of those groundbreaking, you know, icon uh, uh, icons of comedy from the 50s and 60s that kind of really created what we think of in terms of modern day comedy. So I guess kind of one of those guys where his influence is a lot deeper than maybe like me and you you know our our highlight reel of his favorite gags you know what i mean me and you not me and you could probably tell more hilarious david spade movies than carl reiner <laughs> you know what i mean but uh, i think carl reiner's influence is obviously like he's uh, thought of and renowned as one of the most influential important you know minds in comedy so all the yeah, work with mel brooks and whatnot well i was about to say i just remember that there was an episode of uh Queens and cars getting coffee and it's, okay uh, yes he's with seinfeld and then carl reiner's like dude you know i have like sandwiches every night at like mel's house yeah didn't they like watch wheel of fortune or something yeah. hilarious and, like, like seinfeld <laughs> comes over and like has sandwiches with like mel brooks and carl reiner oh epic. you can just kind of see how defeated seinfeld is at one point because like not even defeated, but just like, oh, man, like it sucks that Mel Brooks doesn't really know who I am. Because Mel Brooks <laughs> says something to Seinfeld. He's like, now you tamper on more of, like, 
the dirty jokes, right? And Jerry Seinfeld's like, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, like, kind of known as the most clean like comic ever. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Although I'd like but to point it, out the uh, Seinfeld show a little bit more edgy than it gets credit for, however. But, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it is, I'd like to point out, too, that uh, Mel Brooks is still alive. He might wow, be, uh, great call. Put him in the Carl Reiner category, but... Yeah, 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 no doubt. He might even... Mel Brooks has to be like 98. I was going to say, when he goes, he might be in the Century Club. But, uh, so, uh, I guess, all in all, though... A uh, like we said, uh, a lives v- uh, very well lived, well worthy of celebration, but as For well sure. well worthy of uh, a hope. And I make it to ninety eight or uh, or eighty. Even I'd love to be the the short man in this bus. Yeah, but, I'd gladly be the Schulmacher and not yeah. the uh, Reiner of the group. <laughs> Have you ever seen anybody in their nineties? They look fucking miserable. I don't know, dude. It sounds sweet though. I'd love for my uh, uh, like my mortuary to include died ninety eight years old at his Beverly Hills mansion. Like that'd be a pretty sick way to go. All right, like that's dude, sign me up for that. If I'm alive when you're dead or whatever, I'll just have him put that on your tombstone. Who's the fucking <laughs> say otherwise? Dude? Yeah, good call. Forevermore, I'll be a baller in eternity. Uh, if you die tomorrow, I'll have him. Fake it till you make it. I never made it, but I'm still faking it. Fucking. <laughs> I got you, buddy. Um, I guess though, in you know, that's pretty much it for the R.I.P. news, though. But in, I would say career R.I.P. news and. Uh, Really for Liam, Liam's been walking around, uh, if you can't see him right now, but he's got, <laughs> wearing all black, he's got coffins behind him and a bunch of black. Yeah, I'm going to shut the lights off in my studio right now and do this in the darkness. Uh... It's all black lights. <laughs> <laughs> but The Undertaker just announced his retirement after 30 years in the WWE. Um Yeah. 30 years. We talked about it, I guess. He has been... A, I'm turning the lights back on in my uh, in, in the hallway in front of my bathroom, by the way. I've officially made it to the ring. But uh, well, I guess we've talked about him a little bit as, like, hilariously wrestling has been a big part. And I say hilarious like it's not, you know, because I talk about it every episode. But uh, we've talked a lot of wrestling uh, randomly in Coronaville. But I guess really just it's more impact. Not that <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I guess we've kind of focused more on just, like, how they've kept going going in coronaville and i gave you my epic recap of the undertaker's wrestlemania match which the boneyard match which i talked about being like produced like a movie it was not like a, it was literally explosions in a graveyard like with camera scopes making it look like a tv show movie scene no. not a wrestling match but that officially will be he announced his last match for now cuz wrestlers come back like a million times so i'm well, sure now, i'm sure he will fight again but i've also saw something online when i was looking this up um, and I forgot about this hilarious bastard too, but uh, Sting uh, of WCW fame before they merged, the guy that used to dress like the yeah. fucking crap, that asshole, has like released a like called out Undertaker for was like, come on, brother, let's do one last uh, <laughs> epic one match more Sting Undertaker other. match. Did they ever wrestle against no, each other? No, Sting has actually had kind of done his entire career 
in WCW before Vince merged him. But uh, and then since then, Vince has like a bad like he you know if you weren't one of his guys, he like fucking blacklists you. So I don't even know if Sting ever wrestled with Vince. When Vince bought him, I think he's done like other shitty ones. But he was hilarious because when Hogan was huge in the nineties, he was like a blonde, like, bleach blonde haired like from California Beach guy with like <laughs> yes yeah, thing like that was his original like I was a huge fan of his wow. original character and he had like a, a a rat tail but like a bleach blonde and he had like colorful face paint and colorful trunks of like a scorpion kind of thing but then because of the Undertaker's popularity with the whole goth thing he just copied the crow gimmick and like turned yeah. Sting goth which was his more popular oh wow dude this is fucking wild yeah me, so. but Sting was Sting. always like a knockoff no of whatever word. was popular in WWF he still wore face paint, but it was like colorful. It was like the paint. Ultimate Warrior. He was basically a ripoff of the Ultimate Warrior. He had gotcha. the same style yeah. face paint as the Ultimate Warrior, but like a bleach blonde. And he literally was from Venice Beach, California, where the same place Hogan was from, or from like the like the neighboring beach in California. And all of his oh, promos were the same style of like ultra baby face. Like I'm gonna do it because the kids out there are rooting for me, brother. Like he had gotcha. the exact gotcha. same gimmick, you know. So uh, and then totally flip flopped when like the Undertaker brought Goth, but the Undertaker though really will go down. I feel as one of the all time best ever, just because he kind of uh, uh, to get like into wrestling a little bit. But he toes the line of like because he had two characters where he when he started wrestling was very cartoony, like Joel Schumacher Batman, and there were these crazy personalities. So then he was like the the mortician guy, and he was literally like his character was that he was dead you know what i mean he would like sit sure. up and be like fully he would have the pale face paint That's but then the uh, undertaker i remember exactly when i used to watch wrestling during like the stone cold the rock uh i think the big thing his brother was kane yes and uh it was super spooky but like i remember that and I remember kane is the one who killed call. him or some crazy shit yeah something like that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. but then as wwf as it kind of got less uh cartoony he just turned into like a biker and like kept the exact same gimmick because it just worked well with like a goth biker you know what i mean and he'd like ride a harley down to the ring so he had two different kind of characters but when you think of like classic cartoony wrestling with a stupid gimmick and all that you know what i mean and like a crazy character he in my book is as like definitively cool as any like 80s style wrestling character and in any era of wrestling dating from the 60s the 60s where he was the vampire kind of wrestler like his character would have worked in any era in the history of wrestling you know what i mean and he lasted (laughs) over 30 years uh just in his own characters but a lot of wrestlers can't keep the same character and hogan's i was about to say it's interesting that he uh even though he became less gothy and more bikery it's interesting that he stayed the undertaker more or less that whole time exactly yeah especially as like such a gimmicky character like fucking mick foley has been like 47 exactly for sure and, and like, even you know, Hogan, who's like, you know, he's kind of now just loved because he's nostalgically cheesy. 
You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But not because like his character had still worked, but so he really created like one of the greatest characters of all time, especially for like a gimmicky wrestler like exactly. That, you know? Which I always still think as myself growing up in the '90s, that's still like the heart of wrestling to me. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like you need clown, some baby. hilarious gimmick or whatnot. Doink the clown. That was uh... a <laughs> exactly Doink um, the, the evil clown. But he's not dead, but his career, he's retired for now. So, But it still works because he is the Undertaker. So R.I.P. Undertaker. <laughs> to the dead man. And I guess it's just like uh, not a big surprise. I thought th- I didn't like this was news to this week that he like posted up like a, a, like literally a picture of his trunks on the wall. He's like hanging them up, boys. But they did try to copy <laughs> off the popularity of The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, where there's been like a last ride. Undertaker documentary that's been going on that got yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. stir and uh, so he's been you know in the spotlight ever since Wrestlemania and like I said that match was like was epic just because it was like a movie it's like literally watching like a horror movie fight sequence now, do you, you think, know uh, so I worth mean, checking out that Wrestlemania was weird because of COVID but uh, do you think now obviously looking back that you know he's like officially retired that's why they gave him such like an epic Hollywood like you're out oh of yeah, yeah. Interesting. I I probably would think not, just because they were looking for something crazy to do for COVID. And even the next night, like it was like two nights of WrestleMania. Even the other headlining main event was like also some weird, crazy gimmick thing. So I think they were trying to do like more TV production style things, just because they needed to do something different. But it really worked out very well the way that that was uh, because an epic honestly, match to like, go out on. This subject, I've now for whatever reason, could talk about for hours because I can now bring up, like, well, is Stone Cold technically retired? Because doesn't he show up at wrestling matches sometimes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But this isn't the... Uh, Honestly, I wish I could even fill you in on that much, but I really don't even... Like, I was... This is one of those Carl Reiner situations where, uh, like, every year when Undertaker fights, I'm like, Jesus Christ, Undertaker's still doing it? Even this year, that was, like, one of the headlines for me. I was like, this fucking WrestleMania streak is still a goddamn thing? Like, you know, like... uh so I'm not sure, but I think that, and I'm sure Undertaker, like I said, I would bet a million dollars that he wrestles again. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I read some stuff too that I don't know. I, again, I don't really want to get into it. I got read some stuff too that he was starting to like faint backstage. Well, like, I guess one of the things I guess we can usher back into the show. Uh, uh, getting off of the most wrestling. This is probably the longest wrestling break we've ever done on the show as well. So our RIP to our listeners between the opening <laughs> and the 20-minute uh, Undertaker rundown. But I guess uh, this honestly, though, might have something to do with the fact that, uh, I guess, to get us officially into Coronaville news now, as we usually yeah, start these masks. episodes off with some Coronaville. Yeah, put your masks on. Put your masks on. We're we'll in Coronaville get some, now, uh, updates going. But right now, as we've talked, we've, we've chronicled it from the beginning of Coronaville when WWF refused to shut down, that they kept WrestleMania going in March as crazy as that is, WrestleMania, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, like, they fucking, two weeks after the shutdown, they were still going on with their biggest pay-per-view, and they have not shut down, however. The coronavirus has really started to hit WWF as, like, over the last couple weeks, like, something like 20 different people in the organization have uh, come down positive, and it's looking like it could be, like, if they're not going to be slowing down, it could be a real, you know, super spreader kind of situation, at least amongst the little bubble they've got. So maybe that's just it for Undertaker. He's just like, look, dude, I'm not fucking Vince. I'm yeah. not going back near your guys. He's fucking- just a character. I can't <laughs> yeah. re- I'm not really a zombie. 
Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that might have something to do with his, you know, the timing of it all, where him just putting his foot down and like, dude, SummerSlam's off the table. I'm not going back to fucking all of the yeah. Corona cases. But I guess that's one thing to keep our eye on, as we've talked about. WWF kind of set the trend in the sports world once they gained permission to do it. It looked like the other sports were going to lobby. And it's really just up until now that the other sports have officially finally announced their seasons here in the States, at least the two big sports that would still be going on. But with the Major League Baseball and the uh, NBA, the Basketball League, uh, officially now announcing their season plans on very abbreviated crazy situations. And I guess all of this happening now at the time where, uh, much like the WWF, but lots of states and places around America dealing with coronavirus surges. So I guess yeah. maybe even that's just where we'll start before we get into the you know NBA breakdown uh, or facts. But a lot of you know states that have opened just on the very basic barbers and you know takeout restaurants are starting to repeal and go back into quarantine. A lot more states just today. Texas offici- uh, officially mandated masks statewide, Florida, uh, and like Texas is on the front the lines of being redneck, uh, redneck idiots. So if they're doing it, it's fucking. Hopefully, they yeah. set the trend, you know, and these other states follow suit. But uh, uh, as fast as they opened, they're starting closures. And I really feel that America, you know, like I said, this is our big weekend, 4th of July, our big holiday weekend. Uh, I feel that maybe we needed a breath of fresh air. Maybe we needed to have things open to celebrate this week. But I wouldn't be surprised if after this weekend, over the summer, there is more national lockdowns or going back, turning the clock back, just because we have failed as a country to progress to the point where we should have. Quite obviously, we're spiking. States are every day getting record highs, like – we're now three, four months in the into this. You know, if we're not heading in the right direction, we're heading in the wrong direction. Yeah, so. and look, dude, do we need to be open this weekend, dude? Like, do the most American thing and fucking, like, put on a fucking mask. Don't go to the beach. Like, this is still a thing. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I, I just think that, you know. potato salad this weekend, all right? But... <laughs> yeah, no, for real. Is it really <laughs> worth it? And even just here in New York City, they've opened up a lot of uh, restaurants. I know you were actually out to eat. We can even get – what was your uh, dine out experience like, uh, to, like I mean, actually? Give us the awesome, rundown. Man. Pretty awesome. I went out to dinner and, you know, much like everything else in New York, we were fucking – we're doing it right. Like yep. we waited. We were closed one of the earliest. And the way they did it, it was outside seating only. Tables were all six feet apart. You had to wear a mask until you were at your table. But the, where I am, it was out, out on a field on the Hudson, where the restaurant is. It looks over the water, but there's also, like, a big field there. Nice, So nice. what they had there, instead of, like, because, like, honestly, it was uh, an hour and a half wait for a table, and it wasn't, like, the restaurant, like, you're going to say an hour and a half, and it'll probably be an hour. It was yeah, yeah, hour for sure. Hour 40 wait. Look at, the, because, look at the field full of people waiting and take your guess. For sure. When they have this tent set up where there's just like some kid who like, you know, you stay six feet away from each other in line. And then you go up there, you tell the kid what you want to drink while you're waiting. He swipes on his little iPad and then the waitress comes over and brings you some cocktails while you're waiting. Nice. So needless to say, by the time dinner was served, I was fucking wasted. Yeah. I'm fucking staying in the field for No, an hour I mean, and honestly, the whole. But it was. Sorry. The waiters all wore masks and gloves. Uh, all the tables were spread apart. Yeah. Uh, if you want to go inside and use the bathroom, they only let like one person in at a time. So, okay, I see. Okay, correct. interesting. I see, I see. Yeah, I mean, and honestly, with the uh, social distancing, if you have that availability to distance yourself, 
you know, up in the Hudson, you have a little bit more real estate than in downtown Manhattan where, you know, for, for me, sure. I'm just walking in my neighborhood. These restaurants are on 2nd Ave, which is a really crowded avenue of, thir- of you know, foot traffic, especially with nothing inside. A lot of people are out on the streets. So it's just like there's, you know, you're sitting there eating your dinner with like thou- literally a hundred strangers are going to walk past you yeah, on, as you're trying true, to man. eat your dinner. Like that's not the same situation. But honestly, if uh, – if you know places are smart about it and well organized and you know you make a, it's like a reservation based thing with very clearly defined areas of social distance you know what i mean like every place has set up the six foot apart line demarcations if you start doing that with tables in public areas parks and beaches set up visible you know areas for each part of your group to be in or whatnot like there's a safe way to do it that this country a lot of this country is just ignoring yeah and that's and why there's it spikes going it. on and a lot of, and the reason spikes are going on is because people you know, I don't want to say you're dumb, but people are just so fucking dramatic where they're like, you can't make me do that. That's you're taking away my rights. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, fucking use no, your I brain. Mean, we don't like to get political here on the show without agent Ronnie Let's to uh, agent take Ronnie, the fall. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, in all, in all honesty, it's just become a political issue where because Trump and Pence have aggressively not wearing masks, and I'm sorry if you're one of our, like, Trump supporter listeners, like, him and Pence have just not worn masks. They're in old folks' homes not wearing masks. They've, like, aggressively not worn masks. That's given the cue to all of their supporters to aggressively not wear masks. And if Trump and Pence a couple months ago would have supported the science, and again, it's not a Republican, you know, trait to respect science as a history of your beliefs, it's not me, you know what I mean? Like, look at everything yeah. to do with science and, you know, Republican opinions about the situation. It's, like, not a big surprise that they're not respecting what's what the doctors say right now. But literally, if our leadership would have given that cue, uh, th- millions more people in the country would have would be doing it right now. So, uh, eventually, I think over the summer, I know Pence actually already has started wearing a mask. He finally think, started wearing a mask. And I think over the summer, Trump will as well. And they'll I pretend don't. like they've been wearing them I the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I don't I've always worn a mask. I said, wear a mask, be cool. Yeah. But, dude, I don't think he ever will. Because I think at this point, he has to, like, double down. You're right. That. I mean, there's no way for him to fucking go I'm down. surprised he hasn't fired Pence yet. I don't know if the president can fire the vice president. <laughs> but I'm, like, shocked he hasn't been, like... Yeah, it wasn't the right guy for the job. I didn't realize he was such a pussy. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the new pre- vice president, Alex Jones. <laughs> There's lizard people running everywhere. All right, I'm going to have to fire Alex Jones. He cracked the case on my lizard, uh, on obviously being <laughs> yeah, a lizard yeah, yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. But, and uh, also, if you are one of, uh, one of our listeners that's a Trump fan, fuck you. <laughs> And that that goes from uh, Devin and Agent Ronnie. And, yeah, uh, fuck you. <laughs> but I mean, honestly, that's. Uh, but I mean, I guess uh, that is. You know, I guess maybe should we get into even before we get into the MLB games? But maybe one of the, I guess, uh, uh, shining stars of Red Sage shenanigans so far in coronavirus has been the uh, country singer Chase Rice. Whom I'm not familiar with, but I guess has uh, put on uh, uh, the first of a concert tour in Nashville. He was actually at Brushy Mountain Penitentiary, which is like a sweet, 
uh, penitentiary turned into music venue in Tennessee. Yeah, I looked that up. Super fucking dope. Yeah, Tennessee's got a couple fucking really cool venues. I've not been to it, but reputations for super cool. So this was at Brushy Mountain Penitentiary, but uh, just, you know, and again, by his claim, following state regulations, so I guess look to your local leadership for more, but, you know, performing in front of uh, uh, what would look like a sold-out concert at Madison Square Garden by the fucking short shot, just like, you know what I mean? All you can see is a thousand (laughs) massless faces around the uh, stage, and I guess they were at their, you know, 40% capacity, but I think it was something like, you know, several thousand people no social distancing, no masks, with Chase well, uh, Rice giving a big smiling face selfie to the whole thing. So it just looks very bad for him. You're right, and you're not. I mean, I have mixed thoughts on this. Like, one, I think it's very irresponsible for him to have been throwing a fucking concert, right? Uh, I don't know anything about the guy at all. Uh, two, I have seen people who, are, I guess, are country stars on Twitter being, like, calling Chase Rice a... Uh, country star is like calling a porn star a famous actor like okay interesting he needs money like he's a mediocre star at best he's just a hack also having said that like again he should have known better for the concert but like dude no one fucking make me go to this concert yeah i mean i kind of see a little differently in the standpoint where it's just like i don't even necessarily look at it as irresponsible of him to throw the concert i look at it it is irresponsible for him to to let them throw the concert but if all you can do as american is live by the laws if you choose to i suppose like that's the best case scenario if they're if they say that you're allowed to have x number of people in and they don't say you have to wear a mask like you said it's not his fault i just think that it looks really bad and this goes out for everybody on social media right now like it just you don't look good if you're making posts about all the cool shit you're doing right now. Just comes across yeah. looking bad to people. So I feel like Especially that's kind of that. just his like main, you know, faux pas here is being stupid enough to not realize that it's going to catch fucking mega backlash. You know. Well, you know, in uh, that venue's defense too, Tennessee seems like the kind of state where if you're not wearing your mask and you've gone all this way to go see. Uh, chase rice perform and they're telling you at the door look buddy you gotta have a mask on and you can't come in here i <laughs> see true. uh like chase rice isn't gonna have that many people show up and no, let's be true. honest the venue fits ten thousand people he was allowed to have five thousand people there and then they even dropped it down to four thousand which was even less than half and only a thousand people showed up so like that oh interesting of uh everybody gathered around the stage in the very front row is literally everybody that was at that <laughs> now yeah, given yeah. you i agree with you not one of those fucking hillbillies had a mask on and we're six feet apart from each other like they're all and again though that's even like i was just saying in terms of the uh organization of the whole thing like it, it defeats the purpose of letting that many people in the venue if you're not going to keep them spread out from each other having a thousand people huddled in front of the stage defeats the purpose of having a limited capacity it's like so what exactly. now like one tenth the capacity gets coronavirus the idea is to try to be like preventative here you know so it's Very like uh, uh, they need to set out they need to like put stand markers where you have to stand in these places you know and you need to do it yeah. for all fucking thousand people or whatever, you know what I mean? Or give you, you know, you get to stand with one well, buddy and you get fucking, you know, 500 circles you got to stand in or whatever it is. And honestly, dude, hasn't this asshole been listening to the podcast? Has he not heard about these drive-in concerts? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you seriously. Do you need to be the fucking... Like, come on, man. And also, like, again, I on the cusp of whether or not I think it's his fault, but during doing stuff looking this up, I saw that his record company is called Dak Daniels. 
So fuck this guy. I hope he's canceled. <laughs> Dak Daniels, huh? Dak Daniels records. Like, oh boy. Um, I guess in other country music news, though, there was a uh, kind of an unknown country singer that was uh, trying to get uh, white people to sing, give them COVID flu. <laughs> uh, Gonna give them all the Wuhan flu. The Wuhan flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And There's I a guess, catchy uh, number uh, by that red, by, yeah. by that random hillbilly. What are you gonna do? We're gonna give them the blue <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have mixed feelings about this. So Sasha Baron Cohen went undercover like he does in costume and like performed at like some far right rally, singing like some racist, not even yeah, I guess racist, just like kind of yeah. hate country music, getting people to try and like sing, sing along, along with him. Yeah, and it worked. Did it though? Have you watched the video? It yeah. didn't work. There's some people well, singing they, along. When they panned, well, the one guy singing along works for him. And when they okay, pan the video around, the one guy, you hear booze the whole time. And when they pan around, there's one like redneck clearly being like, boo. <laughs> oh, wow. See, I didn't see I, that far. I, I I watched a good bit of it. And I did hear a lot of people, but that's very misleading just because you heard some voices yelling in the background. Like you said, they could work for him. The other oh, thing the that kind of the- struck me about this is when I looked a little bit more into it, the way he got on stage was by like Hilarious. being like a huge sponsor to the thing, though. And then like sure. blocking his security. But he must have actually donated money to this right-wing cause to get on stage to do that. And then he used private security to block them from getting him off stage. But he did literally, like, throw thousands of dollars to their crazy cause to exactly, do, like, a skit man. that you say barely even worked. You know what I mean? Like It barely hit. It wasn't like, uh, you know, one of the fucking craziest things I think he ever did is when, fuck, was it Bruno or I think it was Bruno. Where he does the big wrestling match and the end, yeah, yeah. starts like out the guy on stage, and people are losing their yeah, fucking yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a hit, baby. For like, sure. I think didn't he do like, another crazy like song with Borat? Didn't he do like a strangle the Jews or some shit with like? No, he went to like a uh, a uh, like what is it called? Like a derby? Like a you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, monster book. rally. And he sang the Kashistan national anthem to the tune of the American national anthem. Oh, yeah. But it was like a made up Kashistan. <laughs> Amazing. Dude. Oh, Borat. I just feel like this one fell short and it, you know, it seemed desperate. And like you were saying, he donated money. Like, yeah, I yeah. saw a video with like the fucking, you know, the white, far right white guy that runs this that thing. And he the was check, just like, like, he's like, if I could say one thing to Sasha Baron Cohen, he's like, Thank you, man. We stopped you from making us look like asses, and you gave us money. And I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> we'll talk about your all-time biggest fail here. I mean, yeah. And the joke didn't look that good. Like, I think I've worn that Halloween costume before, like the big fat blue overalls and the fat suit. Yeah, thing. yeah. Not to talk more wrestling, but he looked just like Hillbilly Jim. It was a spitting image. Yeah. It just looked very fake. Like, I don't know. I think the joke didn't go over that well. Look, I'm a huge fan, and I fucking yeah, love yeah, for sure. Anything to stick it to, like that hilarious group good on him but like i feel like this one just was uh i don't know yeah just i hear you uh, didn't work for me for sure for sure even as well right now it's a little bit sometimes it's hilarious to point out how fucking retarded and crazy people in this country are but even right now is like a little bit of like a sensitive time for even you know what i mean it's just like right now is not the time to highlight we know it's we see what's going on with the severity of the fucking coronavirus we don't need like further pointing out how you it's know. just like cop entrapment, dude. Entrapment. You know what I mean? Like people are dumb and fucking racist on their own. 
you don't need to go up there and like goal them into it. Be like, oh, come on, yeah, Shane, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Like, they're going to do it on their own. For sure. And now, like, you know, you, what did you really accomplish here? Yeah, except for giving them some cash, like we said. I guess uh, I will finally get into to finish off our Coronaville news, but the uh, MLB and NBA officially coming back for now. Like we said, where uh, very well would not be surprised if things get reversed. Or already, twenty-five NBA players have tested positive, and if yeah, anybody I, important, if second LeBron gets the sniffles, they'll fucking call the season. <laughs> but uh, uh, right now, for the Major League Baseball, uh, a sixty-game schedule is set to begin uh, July twenty-third, with spring training uh, uh, underway right now at the team's local facilities. The team will be playing in their home stadiums without fans uh, uh, they will be playing like a makeshift schedule trying to stick within their geographical partners you know what I mean which isn't a perfect science but there won't be there won't be flying across country or anything yeah, like yeah. that so that's interesting there there will be some rule changes which will be kind of interesting all the teams will have a uh, designated hitter in extra innings uh, uh, the teams will start with the runner on second base to help speed things along so there's not like 20 inning games so stuff like that is interesting and uh potentially I, uh... their season would be on schedule with a 60 game regular season to end when it normally would uh in the end of october okay uh, uh national ba i'll finish up here then we'll talk about uh the nba yeah. season on the other hand they are just finishing their season with 22 of the 30 teams the teams that have no mathematical chance are not going uh uh, uh they are going to be starting their season as well around uh july 29th so later on this month uh, uh, their big thing for my book, though, that's interesting, is their finals are not set to start until September 30th, hopefully being over by October 13th. That's when the normal basketball season starts, is a couple yeah. weeks after October. So already we've compromised our next basketball season. Isn't it just better at this point to say fuck it and cancel the season and just start afresh in October, hopefully say. when everything is healthy? Like, it makes no sense. They're in playing, of course, places. real quick, just to finish off, on in a bubble in Orlando at Walt Disney. So the entire league will be quarantined in something that's going to cost upwards of $200 million to just try to keep all of them safe in a quarantine bubble in Orlando to finish off the season. It really seems like for this one we're trying way too hard and much like everything in Coronaville, really potential, uh, potentially compromising the future because we're ruining next year's season to play yeah. a shitty makeshift season right now that players don't even want to play. So, On top of that, yeah, I mean, you're 100% right. I was going to say that. On top of the fact alone that 20 fucking players have tested positive. Yeah, like, already. Call the fucking season. The season will have an asterisk at the end of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, Nobody, for sure. Who gives for a sure. MLB, uh, I don't know if you feel the same way, but one of the charms of the MLB is how long the season is. And like how many times I can catch the Phillies playing at City Field. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, those things in 60 games. One, I don't want to see it. Two, I don't want to see it with bogus, again, asterisk rules. Like, well, they start on second base. That they're going to do it like that. And make it, dude, let them beat each other. Fucking, let's do this, like some uh, kickball. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you're stealing real. second, 
If you're going still in second, the pitcher can turn around and fucking peg you. How about all of the rosters are forced to play basketball instead? (laughs) And we bring back. Or kickball at this point. Like, what the fuck? Great call, dude. Just make a play kickball for everybody's fucking entertainment and, like, keep everybody safe and healthy. The Mets draft, like, 100 soccer players. (laughs) All right. But I guess that's pretty much the news for Coronaville, you know. And again, like I said, that's. I'm going to keep it a little brief. On the logistics, because that's for now, and I've got a feeling that by the time we get to the end of July, things very well may not go down as, as planned. Look, guys, so. just everybody call your sport right now, and let's all just focus on getting football kicked off. For sure. As a country, we need to, at this point, just call off the summer and just fucking yeah. try to make sure we're okay for the fall when kids need to go back to school and everything like that. Like, if we keep on, you know, if the, if the trend continues, this is going to last all throughout 2021. You know what I mean? Like, we need to... Finally nip it off at the bud, but I guess with that, maybe we will get out of uh, the corona news and into some other talk here. Yes, finally, some uh, take your masks off, all right? Relax a little bit. We got uh, (laughs) other other news. uh, This isn't a Chase Rice concert, all right? You can take your masks off on this one. It's uh, it's okay. We're We're all quarantined now, all right? (laughs) Uh, And I guess really the top of the list on this one is – you know, if you remember one of our early reviews of our podcast from five years ago, uh, one of the resounding reviews that we sounded like Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> more, I think more so uh, Liam sounded like a chuckling Butthead. <laughs> Which I, I, I've converted to Beavis as now I give it the more. <laughs> 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 but uh just announced that comedy central is going to produce two more seasons of beavis and butthead yes the epic two-season deal a long-term contract with apparently they said like uh, uh spin-off like opportunities they said it made it sound like mike judge is having a couple other shows though on comedy central for sure. okay well you remember obviously daria was the spin-off yeah, of, of beavis course. and butthead and you could even argue to some extent that so was King of the Hill. What well, was the uh, – well, did they ever run Hank into that Hill, guy? Hank Hill was like – not necessarily looked like Hank and Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, but the you're same right. Voice as the neighbor. He's like, oh, you two guys are jerking the off. Neighbor, the neighbor, yeah, I guess he did kind of have that. King of the Hill, Dude, if, King of the Hill first came out was pretty much an unofficial Beavis and Butthead spin-off. Wow, I didn't realize that. I, I like I always knew it was the same guy, but I never really, uh, you know, associated them with Beavis and Butthead. If they could ever get a uh, Beavis Butthead and Boomhauer episode, now we're talking. Yeah, <laughs> we're... Yeah, yeah. Well, apparently the uh, spin-off that was already announced before this Beavis and Butthead reboot is Daria's getting a spin-off and. I mean, forgive me. I, a Daria not a, reboot? Not a Daria reboot. There's a character from Daria that's getting Oh, wow. A Frasier okay. situation where... Dude, I mean, deep deep cut Frasier because it's a spinoff of a spinoff. Yeah. yeah I guess. Like if Niles from Frasier... Got yeah, no, for show. sure. The Daphne, uh, the, sit, the, the, the hot maid sitcom. But Beavis and Butthead coming back for two seasons. Not on MTV, I guess, worth noting. Uh, but on Comedy Central, yep. Um, you know, Beavis and Butthead was a show that started in like I guess '91. I want to say on Liquid Television on like the MTV block. 
Then became its sure. own thing. And me and, and you have talked. Ran. Huge Beavis. Uh, Beavis and Butter was a huge influence in our young comedy days. In all honesty as well, like, I loved the whole music video comedy things they would do. That was like some kids didn't like that. I always thought yeah, them ripping on Ozzy was hilarious or whatever. When I was a kid, that was always the worst part. Was like, oh, the music video part. Like, I want to watch more of the episode. <laughs> Looking back now, realizing that's essentially what Beavis and Butthead was, was them watching videos and yeah, then yeah. the little plot lines just happened to be like a little yeah that's silly. true it's way more less balanced than you'd remember too like you'd think there'd be like one video to the entire episode of hilarious sketches mm-hmm. but it was pretty much you're right like more video oriented than uh, but then uh, uh, there was the big reboot in the you know 2000 and, t- and teens anyway yeah, i think but- it was 2011 there 2011 was. okay because I thought it was when we were on, though, because I remember talking about it. I guess we've just, like, brought up the Beavis and Butthead reboot on the show. But uh, uh, that, as well, I think, was pretty successful at the time. It didn't get picked up for a second season, but I remember I it, it being... huh? hilarious, dude. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah, because I remember it getting, only... like... Sorry, go Sorry. ahead. Not only were they watching music videos this time, but they were also watching... Reality, reality TV, TV yeah, clip. yeah. So they were like watching clips from like Jersey Shore and like what the hell's a Snooky? <laughs> and they got a little bit edgier. Like one episode was fucking like they they mistakenly went to an abortion clinic, like trying to pick up sluts and like so they were they were up in their uh, up in the ante a little bit. But that kind of got hushed over uh, uh, when like doing my research. Nobody ever mentioned that. Like when I was or not doing my research, but like reading the you know Screen yeah, Rant yeah, yeah. article on this on this thing. But it was like uh, that I had to like IMDb to make sure I wasn't crazy and that actually did happen. And uh, uh, so that's kind of interesting. So maybe that's part of the reason why Comedy Central as well signed him for two seasons because they're yeah. like expecting some success out of this. But mm-hmm. well, it's one of those things too. I just think people, most people, forget that there was the 2011 season. You know, yeah. like and to me, it's be interesting if Beavis and Butthead uh, is going to work now in 2020 because Mike Judge was like, "It's time for the country to get stupid again," and they're putting on Comedy Central now because and they figure it's a good enough time that like. Old fans will still be on it, and like they think they're going to get new people that are going to watch it who didn't know about the old show. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. This much to me smells like when Dumb and Dumber made a sequel twenty years later. Like, <laughs> what a pilot! Or Full Ur House, like uh, uh, out now on Netflix. But well, uh, still going strong, baby. The final <laughs> season coming up. Wow, they've still been going. Has that been going on like all five years of our podcast as well? Correct. Wow, interesting. And they still never made that goddamn coach remake that they were supposed to that we talked about. No, they never did. Yeah, they never did. But yeah, Yeah, no, definitely. This seems uh, (laughs) seems like it could be seems like it could be interesting. And you're right. It's one of those where what exactly is your audience for this? Because when me and Devin uh, uh, were growing up, it was a kids show. Like, maybe there would be, you know, uh, a 20, I mean, like, but we're like, we're like 35-year-olds loving Beavis and Butthead? Because I got to yeah, feel that's going to be their target demo this time around. Well, for sure, this time around. Because I think at the time, though, when Beavis and Butthead was a big thing, it was probably like late teens, young 20s. Like, again, we were watching it the same reason, uh, the same way that... I don't know, man. We were watching like the early seasons of The Simpsons. It was just yeah, like, yeah. Or I guess a prime example to me would be like Married with Children was like a show I wasn't allowed to watch 
But when I was allowed to watch it, I thought it was the funniest thing in the world because it was like I knew I was supposed to be watching it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. now when I rewatch like old episodes at my age now, it's like this isn't funny. <laughs> well, this is not what it's correct up to be. But yeah, uh, was- uh, then they did have the big movie, of course, where they had like you know real mainstream popularity anyway, where you're not you know. Mm-hmm. You have a big mega hit movie. So I guess for the success of the show, though, it would kind of depend on whether like a youngest or a younger generation of be- of, of buttheads will watch uh-huh. the show. And honestly, man, it's tough for me to gauge. I just feel life is so different, especially just like the mentality of comedy and being nice and political correctness and all. Not like Beavis and Butthead were like super edgy necessarily, but I don't know if this is the kind of thing that will play. You know what I mean? Like... I just think like they're not edgy enough almost to some extent. They're just like at this point dumb. Like they were never really like sketch balls. They were just like two dudes trying to get laid. Like I said in the one episode, they weren't even like smoking pot or anything. They were never like, let's drink beer and do drugs. It was just like they're just idiots. Yeah, you no. know what I mean? They were just They were really like, like Columbine kids, idiots. if anything. You know what I mean? For like sure, dude. <laughs> But yeah, very interesting though. I'm excited. Much like Crank Yankers, I was all fired up, then never watched an episode, and I could very well see. Much like the 2011 <laughs> season of Beavis and Butthead, where uh, I, 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 I. Well, you know, it's Comedy Central, man. Like, you know, like South Park's on Comedy Central in this time of cancer culture. Like, the fact that they're like 25 years strong is fucking yeah, pretty wild. Yeah, that's you know true. I mean? But uh, I guess in other news, though, and uh, things coming back, in uh, 2014 to 2016, there was a show on Showtime called uh, Penny Dreadful. And it was kind of a uh, retelling of, like, it was set in Victorian London, and it was kind of like a retelling, kind of like making them all hang out with each other almost, like an Avengers kind of thing. But it was like a retelling of, like, Frankenstein and Dracula yeah. and the Wolfman, kind of like with a dark, sexy undertone. I remember uh, joking about this one on the show. Joking, it's like 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 uh actually inspired one of our game times where like the Wolfman was in there and all that kind of shit. But I think there was yeah, like yeah, an yeah, early game right. that we had uh, inspired. I think in this you're one. right. The original series had you know Josh Hartnett, Ava Green. Uh, here's a little uh, controversy. One of my favorite James Bonds, Timothy Dalton. Oh wow, was on there. But uh, the show's now back on uh, Showtime, and it's now called Penny Dreadful City of Angels. And it's set in uh, 1938 uh, L.A. Uh, Natalie Dormer, I guess, would be the star. She's known from Game of Thrones fame. Yes, but, uh, and I actually did watch this series. Did you watch the season? Okay. I have not watched this Okay, I, I checked it out. Season. I was not familiar with Natalie Dormer from Game of Thrones. She, as well, in this, ep- in this series, plays three different pretty significant uh, characters. She's like the main female role in three different storylines, pretty much. And I literally did not realize that until like episode eight. I had one of those like, dude, should I just fucking just like stop watching the show because I'm too... Like, what else have I missed in this goddamn series if I haven't realized... That, but she's this super sexy German girl in one storyline. Then she's kind of like a like a tomboy esque, like a Snoop uh, from the Wire style gang, like Mexican gangster that you don't know what the fuck she is. And then she's also like a Dio del Morte witch. That's like the main sci-fi angle, and I literally didn't realize until fucking way too late. 
But uh, uh, it was so an interesting British. series in terms of towing the line. With and then Nathan Lane plays like a badass Jewish cop. But it's a good uh, series in terms of blending. Wait, it sounds like you said Nathan Lane yeah, is yeah. a badass cop. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's a badass like Jewish Please, cop. Please, then sing a song. <laughs> <laughs> he's what very animated, but he pulls <laughs> off like like neurotic Jewish kind of you know character pitbull kind of character really well. Who's his uh, partner, Larry David? <laughs> no, his, par- his partner is like a young, the first ever Chicano on the uh, uh, police force. First ever Mexican police officer. But it toes the line okay. between like, you know, Dio del Morte kind of, like I said, science fiction, like Mexican folklore science fiction, and like 1938 Nazis trying to infiltrate Los Angeles. So it's kind of a okay. cool blend of like some historical relevancy. Is it? Doesn't it kind of center around the Black Dahlia? Am I, or am I mistaken in that? You know what? I guess not really. There are there was like the, uh, a series kind of started off around revolving around some ritualistic crazy murder that I guess could be like Black Dahlia esque. My thing with okay. this show is it's very interesting for me. I didn't really, I couldn't really find. I tried to research a little bit to find out like their actual production schedule or whatnot. But you'd think that they uh, uh, had to like halt, you know, shooting or whatnot during COVID. But they were like their show was very. Very much out of the headlines where every episode, like a couple episodes you watch, you're like, wow, this is really relevant to what's going on in the world. And then I kind of realized that it's one of those that I'm not watching a back catalog. Like I was behind the season. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, uh, I had to wait for every new episode to come out. So it seemed like they might have kept production going, especially in the last couple episodes, which really kind of fell apart in terms of continuity with a lot of the storyline of the season but the whole finale episode they're building up to like i said this german girl has like a a, she's a witch and she's got a son that's like an obvious demon child and they're fucking with this mexican lady and the family and all this crazy shit and then that totally gets like abandoned they don't really even cover that as the last episode the finale gets overtaken by a very straight out of the newspapers black lives matter uh, march protest kind of situation where there's this protest that turns into looting the one character's like come on we need to keep our peace and civility and another person's (laughs) like we need care and it's just very much and then literally the series ends with the uh, uh, main character being like they're not trying to build relations they're trying to build walls and it being like you know very just straight out of 2020 political but it didn't necessarily have that tone for the whole series and then the last episode especially just went over the top i guess there were a lot of very direct police brutality uh, episodes like an episode that came out right around the whole george floyd thing there was like an episode that's literally like an over-the-top police brutality thing and they kill the cop that's being so crazy so it's just too coincidental for all of this stuff to have happened before the recent black lives matter movement in my book so i would imagine that they made these things after although i'm not really sure because you'd hard find it hard to believe that they would keep production going on through coronavirus so if anybody can get to the bottom of if they shot this because it's one of those and i guess I mean, the watchman figure it out without having looking it up or seeing it dude is uh you look up anything from like 1930s to 1950s like lapd i mean even now but like 
it's like a famously corrupt time. There's no, like for 20 sure. movies and TV shows about like that era of the corrupt. No, LGBT. absolutely. And dude, there could definitely be like a Spike Lee element. Like we were talking like, geez, it seems so relevant. That's because all of his movies are relevant for race and race is always an issue. So yeah, it's yeah, always yeah. relevant. Exactly. But this is one of those where it's like, dude, literally it's a, like, and again, I know it happened with the Watchmen where they covered things that ended up happening throughout these last couple of craziest yeah, yeah. ever months in the world, but are in America anyway, or in our lives anyway, to even further marginalize it but uh, uh like literally the week of the george floyd protests and like police brutality being the biggest issue there was an episode just overwhelmingly dealing with police brutality where like they killed okay, a cop yeah, for yeah, doing yeah. that you know what i mean and then the last episode literally has like a street protest gone gone crazy where it's like honestly if they didn't if they made all of these and they were in the can fucking three months ago before all this shit happened they deserve major recognition for calling you know what i mean for making stuff so relevant before it happened you know what i mean and since i haven't heard that i'm kind of inclined to believe that they've somehow been shooting which also might explain to me maybe why they didn't uh, uh cover some grounds in the last two episodes maybe they had to finish these episodes off and they couldn't shoot on location and do certain things in production that they wanted to so they needed to like change the story up a little bit and they went with that so i don't know it just seemed very interesting to be straight out of the headlines in a world where you think they couldn't be making a tv show you know what i mean so it's like you know uh, interesting maybe it just takes place in florida and they didn't give a shit and they just had fucking (laughs) not halted anything like wwf you know what i mean but that's what it seems like they did so the the town's mayor is named ronald rump (laughs) exactly but i was very into it he's a voodoo witch <laughs> exactly and you're right it does like deal with stuff that of course will be relevant racist and like institutional racism because that's what was happening in Los Angeles in 1938 but it started off with this Dio Del Morte's crazy murder and then by the end it just was like a total political you know 2020 political thing so it really it started yeah. off I was digging it as like a sci-fi historical mishmash and by the end it's just like you know what I mean? I watch enough of the news to know uh, what the fuck's dude, going if on. If you don't like it, I would highly recommend to you the original series. It's only three seasons, and I think each season's only like eight episodes, man. And it's uh, pretty stellar, dude. It's uh, Yeah, I will check it out. Like I think Dennis brought it up on one of our Zoom rooms, but on the Zoom room, a yeah. couple people had seen it and uh, had given it good good reviews. I think even Shizon said that one was far better than the... There was uh, definitely like, a couple of scenes in that show where like I watched it with like, you know, like you know, maybe like my living room in the dark and I like literally like paused it and like turned the light on. I was like, all right. Wow. I'm, not, I'm just uh, realizing now the lights weren't on. See, because the other thing that this show had from the beginning, even when I did like it, but it had that feeling that Showtime shows often do where they're just not an HBO show. Like there's something just a a cut below where it feels like a a, a TNT show or something going on. So it even had that like this is a good, bad TV show feel. But then it just uh, I feel like they lost its integrity of what they were trying to do. Yeah, man, that's a very great point, too, man. You can tell, like, Weeds and Shameless, great shows. You can tell why they're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they're just, you're 100% right there. They're just, like, cut below, like, it's and I, better than, like, a show on CBS. It's, it's not an issue. 
And I guess we'll get into HBO in a minute, but just to say one more thing about the political angle, I guess, just with, I guess, a little bit of geeked up relevancy, because we were just talking in our Spike Lee episode about how much we loved the fact that he was able to toe the line of social relevancy while making a really cool movie. This was an example of one of those where they totally sold out the cool TV show to make a political statement. But uh, yeah, man, it sounds like, like I said, I'm probably not going to watch it, but you're right. But I guess one more series now that has, uh, is making a comeback in a big, uh, I guess in a big way is, you know, if it was a movie, we'd be covering on another podcast. But the series Unsolved Mysteries just came back on Netflix. Okay, nice. This could be golden so ticket of- territory. I mean, we've, uh, we've watched series before. Yeah. You can pick a couple mysteries. Because uh, now, if anyone doesn't remember, but how could they forget? This is a show that aired in 1987 to 2010 with Robert Stock as the host. Yes. Uh, and I love this shit. I love this show, and I love all that kind of shit. Any type of murder mystery thing yeah. like that, you know, real life fucking docudrama true thing. Crime, baby. Yeah, for sure. Super into well, it. Well, so Netflix has come out with six new episodes. So it's been 10 years since we've gotten any Unsolved Mysteries. Uh, I watched the first one, dude, and all right, it was uh, debatably unsolved, especially <laughs> from the first episode. I was like, wait, I mean, that seemed pretty solved. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it's a, basically the first episode without Bradley Cooper in it, but is uh, this lady's husband killed himself, but like she doesn't think he killed himself. And okay, like, interesting. Yeah, that's pretty solved. Like it's. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. There's definitely an episode it's about. It's not like, not these... solved anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if you watch it, then I'm totally on board with her. Like, there's no way was... this lady's husband clearly got thrown off a roof. But uh, there's an episode about like a UFO <laughs> abduction. And I forgot. Okay, nice. And I was like, dude, I was very glad for their first six episodes. Netflix did something like that because if you remember, in, like the late '80s and like in the mid early '90s, UFOs and like alien abduction things, i.e., X Files, was a big thing. And Unsolved Mysteries would always do some fucking crazy wonky episode like that every now and then. Yeah, yeah. And would be like, George Bomber, out finishing <laughs> with his buddy. They all saw a light. He was never seen again. So I'm glad they incorporated that in this new series of just like nice. uh, one, just one yeah, wacky yeah. episode out there. The other thing they do one in alien episode is there's no host. And I think they're really capitalizing on just like, the true crime documentaries that are so big right now. Yeah. Like, cause it definitely has a different feel than the, the TV series did. But well, uh, I mean, I was going to say that one of the interesting things about that, that was like the uh, epic definitive true crime series of the, you know, late eighties and throughout the nineties and all, but now that's such mm-hmm. a popular genre of TV. And it's like, I'm sure all the good cases are taken by like big fucking documentaries at this point, you know what I mean? So it's like they, uh, uh, it's just, it's become a, a genre that they now have to compete with, you know? So yeah, there's a good modern take on it. But I guess so. Check that out. We might be doing more, but yeah, take it on on Netflix and chat. Yeah. But uh, the first episode was good enough, man. Where I was like, I'm gonna watch the other five, and I think they have six more coming down the pipeline. Okay, too. nice. So it's gonna be it's a confirmed twelve. Six are out right now on Netflix. But I guess in really big uh, true crime kind of news is uh, HBO now has a uh, a new six episode docu series called I'll Be Gone in the Dark which is about uh, two things, really. It's about Michelle McInera, who was a uh, 
true crime writer, and she really sank her teeth into the uh, Golden State Killer case. And she's also the widow of Patton Oswalt, the comedian. Who, uh, it's a really fucking yeah. crazy story here, man. Really crazy story that I was totally unfamiliar with. I mean, I like Patton Oswalt a lot as a comedian. I don't necessarily, like, follow his work or whatnot, you know what I mean? So I don't necessarily know what he's been up to in the last, you know, ten years. But tons of respect for him as a comedian. But I had no idea about the wife, the whole story. The Want to give a, a quick catch-up of the background? For, yeah, for sure. Well, I knew his wife passed away, and I knew she was, like, a writer, but... I first saw this as a, uh, and we are not even going to care of this, but I watched the first episode of Perry Mason on HBO. And, yes, another, uh, yeah, bringing another one back. We'll talk about that in another episode, but uh, to give it a Netflix and chat, hated it. Okay, interesting. Um, but uh, I saw the trailer for this, and it was like, it seems like it's just like the Golden State Killer, who like, I know the name, I don't know really much about the case itself, uh, but it was about more or less the lady that like really is a true crime writer that really, like I said earlier, sank her teeth into the case and really helped. Like it was an unsolved mystery from like the eighties to the nineties that she really started unraveling the clues with. But lo and behold, they showed in the trailer that the lady died whilst like she had a couple books about it come out, but she died before like anything really came to fruition. And uh, the trailer kind of shows like the, I guess certain sheriff's office and like we really, an FBI, like we really wanted to see this through to the end and like, Make sure we got this guy, and it leaves you kind of like, you know, yeah, as a trailer yeah. would, wanting sure. to learn more. But little did I know that when we were talking about this for the show, Liam texted me and was like, we should talk about that Pat Oswald's widow uh, documentary on uh, HBO. And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> little did I know that she was also the widow, because I remember Pat Oswald's wife, you know, died somewhat recently, and it was like a huge tragedy. And uh, I didn't know this was about her. No, just real time. quick, it might sound like a like a grisly, morbid question. I'm not being a dick, but is her death at all related to like? Did she die in some crazy, creepy murderer kind of way, or like? Yeah, it's uh, hilarious, Ashley. Is H she going to be part of this like fucking uh, uh, special, or is this like a Tiger King situation where? Ashley H asked that uh, same question while we were watching the first episode. He was like, "Does she get killed by the fucking Golden State Killer?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> and uh, no, unfortunately, she, okay, so. uh, just like a kind of a tragic. She died okay, in sleep. Unrelated, you know I mean? unrelated death. Unrelated. Okay, I gotcha. Un- Non-COVID. And then Pat Oswald kind of like finished off the project in her honor. Then he finished like the book, I guess, for her because I mean, there's only one episode that's been out so far. I myself am kind of trying to distance myself. Uh, like okay. not looking up any spoilers because there is like, like actual. I'm pretty sure there's a trial going on right yeah. now for the actual Golden State Killer. For sure, and I think there was like big news in the trial even. Absolutely, and I'm pretty sure Michelle McNamara is uh, like the reason this is happening. Okay, like, very think, interesting. Uh, so she has like you know opened up uh, one of these cold case files through her, work. Mm-hmm. and I guess a lot of this as well has to do with. Just how crazy it is, uh, uh, just the whole DNA advancement in DNA technology. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, me and Devin, as we always talk about kids from the 90s, but of course, like the pivotal 90s moment of all 90s moment, but the OJ trial in uh, 1994, yeah. uh, just Blood crazy to believe that, you know, 26 years ago in 1994, that case, uh, the DNA evidence they found was not permissible in the courtroom because it was like unproven, you know, science behind. DNA yeah, yeah, yeah. testing. That's 1994. For, sure. 
fucking people. You know what I mean? Just like the uh, now, that's just like you can't even you know kill any. It's like the other thing with uh, unsolved mysteries. It's like they solved everything now because they have DNA. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's a lot. Fucking... Oh, dude, I joke around about that. I mean, I don't. I, mean, I make light of it. But like, dude, if you were living in the 1920s, do you know how easy it would be just like to murder somebody and then go <laughs> rob a bank and be like, all right, well, the day's work. I, uh, yeah, like, never ever get caught if you were you were you were having cars short of being in grand theft auto fucking like yeah. 80 years <laughs> ago <laughs> but uh the thing that's uh at least the first episode of the documentary really does is it shines you a real light on her like as a person how she's like one of the original like podcasters of true crime okay she had like, a lot of podcasts out there before like true crime was like such a popular genre as it Interesting. is now and two that like Dude, how little I knew about the Golden State Killer before. I don't even know anything. I don't even. I don't even like, remember this he guy. He was even a killer. He was like they used to call him the East, like area rapist, and then he was also called the original Night Stalker. So they call him Eron. Okay, I think I've heard of the Night Stalkers, and he like dude, a famous guy, fucking fucking yeah. He's the original. That Night one might have been taken a couple away. times, but this guy got. Away, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy because this guy got away with raping 49 women. Jesus. That's not even talking about his murders, raping 49 women. And the way he did it was so scary that, like, he had already, like, broken in the house and, like, set up traps. So, like, while he's, like, attacking these women, he would, like, reach under their couch and, like, pull out, like, a noose. Wow. Or, like, a knife and be like, oh, yeah, I was already in here. Jesus. Like, this was a very methodical plan. <laughs> That's out, like, fucked up. It's fucking crazy. Break in your house like, and fucking leave something to come rape you later. Traps. Like, I don't even want to, like, make a joke about it because it's fucking wild, but... So the documentary itself is a good picture of like, yeah, it's a true crime documentary, but it's also about the life. Yeah, very like interesting. I'm definitely going to check this one out, actually. you know. And like I, mean? I said, too, it's HBO, not Showtime. So <laughs> okay, it's yes. Enough said right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But very interesting, man. I'm definitely going to uh, – that one's definitely on my list to check out for, just like it you is. said, very interesting. Both angles of it, super interesting. So, And I guess with that – we opened up the news with some big news of Beavis and Butthead. And then, you know, that's our big one bookend on this. And just all kind of uh, these reboots and remakes. And crazy but I guess another happening. one of our favorites from 1992 is going to be coming back. Yeah. And with big <laughs> Beavis, Butthead, and another like B. You need uh, a Batman. We're not, we're not talking Adam West like we were earlier, but we're talking about the Batman that we were too young and afraid to go see. But it's kind of just broke that. Michael <laughs> I was Devin that was too afraid to go see it. By the way, I remember being. <laughs> I was too afraid to see Karate Kid, but Batman, I was cool. Okay, I was afraid of Batman, dude. Jack Nicholson was scary, but Michael Keaton is now reportedly coming back to play Batman after fucking twenty something years and multiple Batman since him. Uh, in the new Flash movie, which is uh, one is insane alone that they're still going on with making this Flash movie after like the DCEU kind of fall has fallen apart. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's really let's at first let you catch me back up. I'm going to pretend like it's for the audience sake. But I mean, we all know about the ups and downs of the DC universe that have been going mm-hmm. down and their whole 
really just in my book, uh, for lack of a better words, but butt-fucking of the whole Batman situation, as they've really messed it all up. Yeah, with Affleck, but just also remaking the movies, riding in on the Joker from after the strengths of the other one. Like, Batman should have been the last of the DC universe to get built back up, because it was the first, it's the most recent in the catalog. You know what I mean? So they started off as opposed to, and there was never any consistency with Batman. Affleck is out. There was fucking, you know, uh, what's-his-face was the Joker. Now there's uh, two other Joker movies. The Joker was the Joker. It's just been been a mess with the whole, you know. Jared Leto was the Joker. And they were like, that sucked. And then Joaquin Phoenix was like, can I give it a shot? And like, here's an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, fucking Jared but, Leto. But I mean, so I guess was- just ultimately, and everybody knows, kind of HBO to Showtime, but Marvel and DC, DC's just not doing, they're, they're doing something wrong. Right. So have they totally and- scrapped the, like, the whole thing? And they're starting from, you Now, know- you would think so, man. And I think the reason was is that, like, uh, Wonder Woman was a huge hit. People fucking love that. Yep. So to keep that going, you got to kind of keep the DCEU going. On top of that, uh, Aquaman, people didn't hate. You know what I mean? People fucking love Jason Moma. So, like, people didn't hate that movie. I uh, hated it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I'm, I'm going to put myself in the hated it category. Then. I thought it was terrible. I did, on the other hand, did like Wonder Woman. I, Wonder uh, Woman I liked. Did you see the second one, I though? I love fucking Man... No. Cheetah with Kristen <laughs> Wiig. I'm good. Uh... But I didn't hate Man of Steel with the Henry Cavill, like the first. Yeah, Superman so I like that one for sure. That shit was fucking fire. That's so, great. That's what they needed here. to do. They needed to build around Superman. They started to, but then they shoehorned Batman into the Superman franchise. Immediately did. Yeah, they had which the Martha scream off. Arthas. Um, well, Ezra Miller played the Flash in uh, the Justice League movie, and he was popular enough that there was always talks that he was going to make. Now, stick with me here because we're about to get real deep. The whole plot of the Flash movie is going to be uh, Flashpoint, which is where he runs. He runs so fast, he changes time. He goes back in time and changes something. And by doing that, it kind of changes everything. Butterfly now, effect. For sure. But there's also a big thing in DC and most comic books. In DC, they call it Elseworlds, where it's the theory that there's like a million different universes out there, right? There's some universes where like Batman's bad and all the Justice League are bad. Okay. Some are like... There never was a Batman, so... It's a very Dr. Michio Kaku theory on existence. They've kind of done this now on the CW shows with uh, (laughs) Arrow, and there's a Flash TV show, and that Supergirl show you never let me talk about on this podcast, (laughs) and uh, Batwoman had her own show. These all connect in the same universe, right? So now they did this thing called Crisis on Infinite Earths on that show, where even the Flash from the TV show, Ezra Miller made a cameo real quick on the TV show and just be like, wow, this is crazy. Like, what do you call yourself? The Flash? That's nuts. And, like, so it kind of shows you that, like, these all things exist in their own timeline. Okay, see. I think that's what this is going to be now with Michael Keaton in the Flash movie as I think he's going to jump through different universes. So he's going to be, like, in the Tim Burton Batman universe. Okay. Interesting. So... Yeah. I see. So, okay, that's interesting. So he's not even playing like a uh, the bad potentially not even playing a Batman in the contemporary DC universe, but in, going back to the Tim yeah, Burton sure. universe in or like his, a, in the Flash's universe, Ben Affleck is technically Batman, right? But he's going to be jumping to be another, universe. another universe. Okay, but, interesting. There's even talks, but that Ben like, Affleck is uh, not going to be Batman going forward. And isn't there talks of a new Michael? Well, there's Keaton. already a Robert Pattinson movie coming out. 
And that's the same thing where that yeah, there's a good Robert Pattinson as Batman. Yeah, the kid from Twilight's yeah. Batman. They've already done filmed half of it. Okay, I didn't yeah. know. I didn't realize. I, I I didn't realize he was the Batman. The yeah, guy yeah, from, yeah. The guy from the guy uh, from uh, fucking um. It was a hilarious movie with Willem Dafoe that I watched. Where he's oh, yeah, getting... The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse, yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay, wow. So he's going to be Batman. Interesting. I didn't realize that was gonna, that was him. He's Batman. Colin Farrell is the Penguin. Uh, Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman. Wow. By the way, Colin Farrell is the Penguin. Yeah. How pissed off, how pissed off is Josh Gad right now? <laughs> like, know, are you, fucking, are you kidding me? <laughs> I think but, Seth Ro- uh, or uh, Jonah Hill could be a good uh, Penguin too. I'd say, but yeah, yeah, dude, you know who like who doesn't want to hear that shit is Jonah, Jonah Hill. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's also talks that like since Robert Pattinson's the new Batman, that he might be in this movie. There's talks that Christian Bale might make a cameo in it, like. There's Jesus. talks of like, yeah, dude. So they don't know what they're doing. But yeah, quite I obviously. Think he's Batman, I've always said, and just like I don't remember if you remember the show Batman Beyond, where it was like a future Batman kid takes up the mantle, and it was like an old Bruce Wayne training him. For years, it was like a cartoon, and for no, years people that. have been like pining for Michael Keaton to come back as like old Bruce okay. Wayne for a Batman Beyond movie, and. I think this is as good as we're going to get. I see this is as close as we're getting. Yeah, I mean, I did read that he will be both Bruce Wayne and Batman, where it's not yeah. a situation where they're just making a Bruce Wayne. And as well, they made a big point that he's not going to be like Tony Wayne or whoever uh, fucking Bruce oh, Wayne. Thomas Wayne. Thomas Wayne. Oh, so that's, a big, uh, that's a big plot point in Flashpoint. Is in the Flashpoint in the comic book, uh, what happened instead is instead of Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed, Bruce Wayne gets killed oh, in that alley. Okay, so the dad becomes Batman to like fight justice. Okay, Thomas interesting. Wayne. The dad becomes and Batman. So that the would corny be... part. The corny part is the mom goes so crazy because her son died. Who does she become? And she becomes the Joker. Nice. Yeah. I like that. That's a very Kane Undertaker kind of thing going on. <laughs> yeah. No. But oh, that's cool though. But uh, no. uh, that would be that would be like more you know. I'm uh, I'm I'm definitely optimistic, cautiously optimistic, but I'm definitely I, dude, holding out hope. I'm uh, always. And then, but what's the Things ultimate? Like this, what's the ultimate story for DC going forward, though? From here, well, do they plan on? Of, uh, they've doing, got Robertson, Patton, Batman. That seems like it's going to be a linchpin. Are they going to like cancel the past canon catalog no, they, that's going on? Or absolutely not, because this Flash movie falls into that Justice League timeline. Yeah. But what about you know what the I mean? uh, new Robert Pattinson Batman? Is that going to be? No, it's going to be its own thing, much okay, like, uh, much like, like the Joker uh, or something. The Joaquin Phoenix Joker was okay, uh, the Robert Pattinson thing too. They've already said they're going to make it its own new trilogy. I'm excited for it, dude. So they're uh, going to have a like two Batman franchises running parallel. Jesus Christ, yeah. this is getting confusing. Well, dude, there was supposed to be. There's a great documentary about it now, but there was supposed to be this uh, Justice League movie that was supposed to happen like way before this and it was the director of uh the mad max movies and they even had like a cast sit down and like read through of like this justice league movie and i'll i'll send you an email of it of like the actual cast but uh christopher nolan at the time was still making the dark knight trilogy and like threw a fit he was like if you guys want me to make this third movie like okay well george miller is the director okay interesting Uh, and like threw a fit was like dude you're not having two batman movies out at the fucking same time Yeah, good for him uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I think they're just like, 
Batman sells the most tickets. Yeah, maybe. no, for real. They messed. They they screwed up Superman. They they screwed up a, a cool Superman franchise when they had the opportunity to really build the foundations yeah. well, to fight. The he's Avengers. announced that he's going to come back and play Superman again in another movie. Okay, I see. Which I think is great. I think he's yeah. like a fucking. Perfect I Superman. definitely think that that's your best bet for DC is to build through Superman, and then. But uh, I guess uh, though, speaking of Superman. <laughs> when we're talking uh, truth, justice, and the American way, we uh, said it's going to be Fourth of July this weekend because we said so. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I've decided to celebrate this year, and I'm going to uh, yeah. throw a party for the entire country as well. We got a little closer look about something like that. Closer look, closer look, closer look. Break out the telescope. Then the microscope, all of your other scopes, it's exactly what you hold. We're gonna look real close, take a closer look, closer look, closer look. Closer look, closer look. y'all. Five oh, more yeah. years of Davi, we've already elected him. <laughs> that's right that's right uh the only thing we forgot to get him to do in those last five years is make our the news song the news the that's news. true yeah we, need, uh, <laughs> we got five years to go five years for, for davi to finally put together that news song but uh like we've been saying with superman's introduction of truth justice in the american way uh let's be honest real american uh, classic oh yeah where uh, we said it's Fourth of July weekend coming up this weekend, and uh, I was taking a closer look. What do you think we're gonna do? Best uh, war movies? No. Best uh, Americana movies? Oh no. We're making it much more simpler. We're taking a closer look at movies that have the word America. <laughs> yeah, definitively about America because it's in the goddamn title. So you can't tell yeah. me that it's. We're and, taking the literal approach. Yeah, we're taking the literal approach <laughs> for this year. Literal, if it's a literally, we're talking American movies, and by that we mean that America is somewhere in the title. <laughs> but first off, honorable mention goes to uh, "Born on the Fourth of July" and "Independence Day." To, uh, <laughs> <laughs> great call, great call. Actual uh, two uh, totally different movies. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But uh, honorable mention for this Fourth of July weekend. So I guess this is come. We're coming up on the eve of what? Maybe like probably like twenty three or twenty four years to the day of the release of ID four. Yeah, yeah. That had to be what ninety six, ninety seven, something around there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, oh, it's easily twenty years, dude. But like we are saying, we are going to be taking a closer look with it being Fourth of July at movies that have America or American in the title. Uh, I mean, I'm going to go first, I guess, and I'm going to kick it off. We already kind of, uh, and I'm going to kick it off, uh, and I'm going to be talking, this is this 4th of July weekend, Team America, World Police. <laughs> okay. Fuck yeah. America, fuck yeah. I mean, definite, uh, I guess it's just a real quick, we have Hamilton coming out on Disney Plus July 3rd, like we're saying. <laughs> July 4th might be a good day to do a America movie marathon. And America, yeah. uh, Team America would definitely, especially for 4th of July, a lot of the movies aren't necessarily 
about like hil- hilarious parodies of American politics, but nothing dude. quite sums it up like the South Park guys. A marionette and- South Park movie, dude. Uh, <laughs> there's so many great hilarious lines in that movie. One that me and my buddies would always quote though is there's a scene right before the hilarious puppet sex scene. Okay. And like the reason she'll have sex with them, she's just like, I just can't lose somebody else. Like, if only I knew you wouldn't die. He just goes, I promise you, I will never die. <laughs> the, the, uh, but yeah, that one's de- a definite classic as well. The soundtrack, a very, uh, a very barbecue, a playlistable soundtrack going on. Plus, that movie hit the quote, I'm Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> another another all-time South Park Boys quote, but yeah. the uh, I thought where you were going to go with to kick us off, but uh, uh, one of the Cap, one of the Cap movies, oh, Captain yeah, America. As uh, of course we've got our Marvel connection to uh, to an American movie classic, but I guess uh, he has uh, a couple of standalone. There's been what three Captain America? There was uh, Captain America: The First Avenger. And then there was Captain America Winter Soldier. And then there was Captain America Civil War. Civil War as well, yes. So three total uh, uh, just uh, solo movies from the Captain American catalog, as well kind of being like the leader of the Avengers in a lot of ways. Of course, Iron Man is the real uh, mastermind of the operation. But they really, much to my chagrin as I've joked around, but really set it up like uh, stupid Captain America is kind of like the real head honcho of the gang. For sure, for sure. But this this might be a good... I was not a big uh, fan of the Captain America movies in terms of the Marvel franchise. I might be going back on the July 4th, though, and giving myself a, a, another shot at Winter Soldier or First Avenger. Uh, Winter Soldier, uh, if you're going to watch any of them, Winter Soldier, man. It's yeah. pretty much like agreed that it's the best MCU movie. Okay, interesting. That's it's what you're always talking about. I'm so going to watch good. it July 4th. I'm watching Winter Soldier after Team America. Fuck yeah. It's the, it's the Russo brothers' first, like... You know, they're the guys that directed the latest Avengers movies, but it's their first foray into the MCU. Okay, interesting. It's fucking great. I would say, though, since we are a melting pot of a country, that, you know, America is considered the great experiment. And what other country to come find a woman to be your queen than coming to America? Oh, nice. Right. Not Eddie on my Murphy. list, but... All-time oh, comedy on. classic, Eddie Murphy at his finest. And as well, I guess, we're another reboot coming up as Coming America 2. Coming to America yeah. Uh, yeah. on the way yeah. out. That was also really, for me, one of my like first introductions to Eddie Murphy being like uh, like old-school Eddie Murphy. Same, dude. Same. Because, like, again, they would always play it on Comedy Central. Yeah, and I think we talked about but our first kind of – we were like more introduced to the Nutty Professor – and I was like, geez, I don't know what this guy's, like, legend status is all about. Then you watch Coming yeah. to America. Why is everybody so obsessed with fucking Dr. Doolittle over here? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I guess I'll go to another comedy classic, as I have. But uh, literally, uh, I remember it being one of the biggest movies of the 90s, comedy movies of the 90s. But the whole American Pie franchise, as okay. I was also, like, a high schooler, so the perfect age. I was, like, a senior in, like, the senior prom uh, uh, hijinks movie. But American Pie was, like, a pop culture whole, you know, phenom. Correct, dude. I think we were like 14 when that movie came out, and I thought it was hilarious. 
Yeah, for sure. Who's uh, uh, we had you know Stifler. Uh, none of the guys outside of Stifler really did anything with their career. I guess I mean, Obo Girl, Biggs, nothing. Jason Biggs, kind of. Uh, Biggs was really. He had like a couple of movies of that era, but what's Biggs up to now? You know, what's Stifler up to now? I guess that's kind of true. He uh, mm-hmm. he's fallen off as well, but uh, you know Tara Reid, I guess, was real famous for a while. But that was like you know at the time it was like you know the future's who's who of Hollywood, and really didn't really work out too well for any of them. But they at least made like fifteen of those fucking movies. So that's uh, very true. I'm going to keep it a little more relevant because it kicked off our top of the news story. And I'm going to say Beavis and Butthead do America. Oh, wow. Another one that I missed. (laughs) Would have been perfect with my Team Team America, but... uh... Okay, yes, we've already we've already brought this up, but this as well does kind of incorporate America. They're on like a cross country road it's trip meeting people. It's about to do America. <laughs> it features Bruce Willis and Demi Moore. Yeah, it features as well the president's daughter. Uh, the uh, what do you call the first the first daughter? Chelsea Dogs, Clinton makes a, sure a cameo. Also, uh, I'm pretty sure the guy that does the voice of the FBI agent is the guy from uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, if great not, call. Yeah, I think I'm you're right about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. All right, I'm going to keep it in the comedy theme here. Another comedy, not so much classic, but kind of more offbeat comedy of the era, maybe like a little more early 2000s. But uh, uh, how about Wet Hot American Summer? Fucking great one. Paul dude. Rudd, a couple of, you know, before they were famous. Uh, there's a couple we- other names in that one was uh, – who was it? A lot of people in that one. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper, yes. Amy Poehler's in that one. Yep, yep. Janine Garofalo. Janine Garofalo, uh, brother of course. from Frasier. Uh, Niles from Frasier. Again, another Niles from Frasier reference. But like a stacked <laughs> yeah, lineup. Uh, uh, that wasn't the Broken Lizard crew, right? That was... Not the Broken Lizard crew. The that's Club the crew Dread from- crew or... No, no, no. That's the crew from the state. The state. And Reno 911. Right. Yes, yes, Exactly. Reno 911, one of the all-time classics. But Wet Hot American Summer, that's a real good, like, uh, cult classic. Totally off-beat cult classic for sure. For sure. uh, Yeah, the movie's great. Uh, I'm going to keep it still with the animated. I said Beavis and Butthead, but I'm going to go to a childhood favorite of mine and say American Tale. Starring old Fievel Mouskowitz. Fievel Fievel the Mouse? Yes, dude. And a great, another Independence Day story. He's escaping war-torn Russia to come to the United States because there's no cats in America and the streets are paved with cheese, my good sir. <laughs> I mean, that's America for you, baby. We, uh, uh, plenty of... <laughs> there are no cats in America. <laughs> dude, that movie, dude, it's uh, drawn by uh, Ralph Berlinski or something like that, dude, and like... He has that such specific like eighties nineties uh, animation style. Yeah, he drew like the uh, Hobbit cartoon and the Lord of the Rings cartoons. And okay, interesting. I just know Hobbit. that one. Like, I don't know the animator specifically, but I do know that you Cool World specifically. The movie cool World. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He drew that. All the cartoons okay, nice. in that. The uh, that one was always like as we've talked about. I was a huge fan of the Disney catalog of that era. That one was always a little too sad for me, though. I don't think that was Disney either. I, I think that was like oh, interesting, like uh, you know, Sony or uh, okay. Warner Brothers. Wow, I just but I love that movie as a kid, dude. 
I literally like, just, I was assumed movie. it was Disney because it was a cartoon at the time. It yeah, was like... with sing with songs in it. Yeah, <laughs> with an animal. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. uh, I gotta guess another one. Speaking of one with songs in it, uh, not much of an animal, but I'm gonna stray away from a movie, okay, and give you an album. But how about American Idiot? And big shout out to our our homegirl Marnie Stone, who was in the uh, American Idiot production, I believe, in Los Angeles. But uh, I guess it was a smash hit Broadway play as well as a uh, uh, I don't I don't know if Kickass Green Day album, but a pretty solid yeah. Green Day album. You wanna be American idiot? <laughs> I'll tell you a uh, another one with songs in it. How about American Psycho? Okay, now another shout out to Marty Stone. She was gonna be yeah, in the yeah, American yeah, yeah. Uh, Psycho. <laughs> but okay, I guess American Psycho definitely uh, uh, Christian Bale at his finest. And I'm looking right at you, Batman. But nothing gets yeah. better than fucking crazy. Uh, tell me, do you like Huey Lewis and the News? Do you like Huey uh, Lewis and the News? But, that uh, movie's bonkers, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Totally batshit crazy. And that was like a, a real shock even to like when I first saw it. Even in terms of like fucked up movies. Even by like fucked up movie standards, that was like taking it to another level for like there's a, like a this, mainstream enough movie. And we might have talked about this on uh, the show before. But there's a story that Edward Norton was originally supposed to play Bateman in that movie. But he wanted a more direct adaptation of the novel. And the board was just like, dude, we can't make an adaptation of the novel without it being like NC-17. Okay, and I were Like, I don't want to do it then. Like, the I novel's even fucking crazier than the movie? Oh, the fucking novel's wild, dude. <laughs> nice, nice. All right, well, I guess speaking of Edward Norton, I guess classic Edward Norton movie with America, American History X... Potentially oh my favorite, probably in my book, uh, on my list, like the actual best movie or like my favorite of the actual movies. But uh, uh, Edward Norton and his little brother Edward Furlong, Hurley from <laughs> Lost with the shaved head. Is that Hurley from Lost or is that another fat? No, that's actually just another. No, that's another fat guy. Yeah, yeah. Never... That's the guy, the guy from, from uh, Parker uh, Lewis my, Can't Lose, Kubiak. Yes, and it's the also guy from, the guy from uh, Mallrats. You can't see the uh, exactly. sailboat. Exactly. Uh, for sure. The sail. Yeah, Ethan no. something, dude. Ethan, <laughs> Ethan something, though. But a uh, 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 really, really great movie. I guess real social relevancy now with everything that's going on in the world, you know. But Edward Norton really tackled that subject in a real, real, just an amazing way. You know, I, I would agree with you. Another thing I would agree with is that this Fourth of July weekend, Let's remember that we broke away from England. That's why we're America. And if you're going to go back to London, you might as well be an American werewolf in London. That's right. <laughs> okay, nice. The American Werewolf series. I've not seen any of these. There's a whole bunch okay. of them, right? There's two. There's okay, so... American Werewolf in Paris uh, with uh, Skip It. And are these, it's... like, from the 80s? Are these remakes? There's newer ones? The one, American Werewolf in Paris is from the 90s. It's garbage. The original one is from the 80s, and it's, like, to this day has, like, one of the best, like, human turning into werewolf uh, transitions. Okay, I like, see. Amazing. Richard Moulton, I want to say, is the director of it, dude. He's the guy with, like, the beard and the glasses. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You always see talking horror movies. But, dude, it's technically considered a comedy. Like an eighties comedy, but it's like wow. also has like I Teen think. Wolf. Uh, no, not like, like Teen Wolf. It was Teen like Wolf. A dark comedy. <laughs> <laughs> American Teen Wolf in London. <laughs> 
But uh, uh, yeah, very interesting. I guess for me, because uh, uh, I, I saw that one was coming, so I'm going to counter you with my American horror story. American horror story. Uh, yes. <laughs> I guess not a movie, but a TV show and a whole series of TV shows. Obviously, I actually did watch, I'd say, the first three or four seasons of this before I tapped out. I was intrigued, uh, I guess, when like Lady Gaga was back. It was like involved in like the uh, carnival or something. One of those seasons sounded interesting and I gave it an episode or two, but uh, kind of tapped out. But I thought the first three seasons were really solid. Yeah, Lady Gaga first showed up in Hotel. Uh, and that was the Lady Gaga season was the f- season where I finally stopped watching it. Not because it was bad, just because like I got the show, dude. Like, yeah, Carnival yeah. was the first one. Freak Show was the last one I watched, dude. Um, you know, I have a lot more too. I could say The American, starring George Clooney, or uh, Keeping It with the Fourth of July, American Sniper. But I'm going to end on a big one and kind of going back to the Ultimate Prankster, who we talked about in. Uh, COVID news, Sasha Baron Cohen. Now, you might not think Borat would count, right? If I say Borat for a movie with America in it, but the actual title for (laughs) that movie is called Borat Cultural Learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. Nice. All right. Well, we're counted then. I'm (laughs) counted. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I mean, I guess that's definitely the best on the list. Move over Edward Norton because there's a new number one on my America list (laughs) because (laughs) obviously the Borat movie definitely. And that's definitely kind of like Beavis and Butthead, very America does take a very much, like America's the second character in that movie, or just all of like the <laughs> shenanigan red state idiots and uh, like just that whole, that was the, was the wrestling scene Bruno or Borat? I guess that was a, a Bruno. No, that was Bruno, if I'm not mistaken. But Borat does. Uh, uh, Borat Borat's, is the thing where they kidnap Pamela Anderson. Yeah, he's trying to get he's trying to get married to Pamela Anderson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he tours the house in the and south. He does the thing with the uh, dinner party. Yeah, which the is dinner like, party in the south. So, yeah, the dude. fucking my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> when he comes out with this shit in a bag and gives it to the lady, and the, yeah, that mo- that's definitely that might make my list for uh, for my America binge watch. I'm waking up. I'm starting off with a uh, uh, Captain America. And then, watch Winter Soldier, then watch American Werewolf in London, and end it with Borat. <laughs> and I'm ending with Borat. Perfect. Yeah. Well, that then would be our official closer look of uh, movies and TV shows that Liam slid in there with the word America in it. I'm sure there's some we've missed, if there are. Uh, and our and know, our hilarious Fourth uh, of July hijink stories, which is only correct. which is going to be unedited on YouTube. So if you want to hear, uh, uh, if you want to hear me and Devin telling hilarious stories from our youth, uh, make sure to check out YouTube Geeked Pods on YouTube for the Fourth of July uh, closer look, and you're going to get some unedited action on YouTube. Correct. The SoundCloud, correct. of course, is a family program. And this episode is going to be like two and a half hours long. So, <laughs> And if there's any movies with America that we missed or any 4th of July hilarious stories, do you agree with us that uh, it's kind of like a teenage uh, fucked up party, man? Like, I mean, I, I guess the other really- – there's, there's three in contention, I guess, to end when getting fucked up. But you could maybe argue, I'd say, St. Patrick's Day or New Year's Eve for New Year's are like those are the – in your given town – could be like the biggest drunk days of the year. For me, I go 4th of July, though. I say 4th of July for sure, man. But 
you know, tell us some of your Fourth of July stories. Tell us some movies we missed with the word America in it. And email us that at the uh, Geeked Up Podcast, the Geeked Up Podcast at gmail.com. That's right. You got to put that the in there. And definitely uh, don't forget to check us out on Twitter as well at Geeked Pods. Like I said, YouTube Geeked Pods. Of course, mm-hmm. Spotify and iTown and everything. Geeked Up Podcast. But uh, definitely. That's right. That is right. That'll be us for this episode. Remember to look at uh, remember to look at the uh, Geeked Up Presents Netflix and chat. Remember to check out the whole Big LW catalog, be it music or sports. And remember, guys, it's a holiday weekend this weekend. So why don't you go ahead and get geeked up? Woo, baby. Hey! Woo, baby. It's time to get geeked up. Woo! What's up, y'all? This is Mr. Woo Baby himself, Andre Davi. You're listening to the Geeked Up Podcast on SoundCloud. Yeah, I'm still taking those episode 10 emails, y'all. Woo! Music and gaming, you know what I'm saying. Comic books and tech, stuff you ain't up on.